And here we go. Welcome back to Snakes, Rats, and Goats, talking about Survivor, Winners at War, Episode 9. I'm your co-host, Ryan Elder, and with me, as always, is... Scott Chernoff. Insert... The other host. Name of co-host here. Yes, that's me. Scott, what a fun episode. Really fun episode. Why don't you bring our guest in right away so we can get talking about it? I will, and I just want to say how delighted I am that you had so much fun. (laughs) Because that's really my goal. For Did this. you not have fun, Scott? I enjoyed it, yes. But I'm more, you know, I worry about you. You're under a lot oh, of okay, stress. Well. You got a lot of TV shows you're working on. <laughs> I appreciate you got that. A lot of meetings. That. Yeah, yeah. Over Zoom. Um, oh, our many, guest sorry. is a friend of the podcast. We had him on, I believe, in our first season about five years ago. Really? Uh, I believe so. Um, or wait, no, wait, five no, seasons I'll check. ago, Just five seasons him, I'll ago check. would be I, I was on the two show, and a half years ago. I was on the show one time before, and I love that you have no memory of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, very little memory of this man that I've known almost my entire life, most of my life. I've known him. He is a writer. He is a musician with several rock and punk bands that he will be uh, talking about and promoting, and he's also... Uh, including the Streetwalk and Cheetah is probably the most known. Sure, I mean, yes. Beloved. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> beloved. Fender guitar. He's written for so many, so many uh, things he's written. And now he's a filmmaker. His new documentary, Risen, is available now, right now, on Amazon Prime. Stop this podcast and watch that documentary. Welcome, Frank Meyer. Thank you. Frank, welcome. Thank Thank you you for doing this. Uh, I just wanted to say you were our guest for episode seven of Survivor Second Chance. Oh, okay. So there are players on this season that you have seen before. (laughs) Oh, I doubt he remembers. Yeah. Because you had never seen Survivor before that, if I recall, and probably have not since. Is that true? I I wouldn't say that I'd never seen it before. I'd seen a few episodes. I just wasn't. I, I just wasn't watching a lot of those kind of reality competition shows in general. I was aware of it, uh, but more as a pop cultural phenomenon than anything else. I, I will say I have not watched it since that episode, which isn't to say that I like hated it. It just, you know, I just don't watch a lot of that genre. But I was happy to, uh, for your show, or what I'd like to call your experiment, uh, which, it, in, well, in the sense that, I, you know, like every time I come into it, I'm kind of coming in. Uh, I guess at a disadvantage, but certainly coming in cold because I don't know a lot of the backstory or like the motivation or alliances. So I just kind of see what I see and go, oh, this guy seems okay, And this person seems like they might be conniving or whatnot. Uh, So, you know, forgive me if uh, if I seem completely idiotic at times, but. What's because I'm a complete idiot at times. At times, there's really, there's really no other. You can't sugarcoat. Yeah. Well, you're in good company because it's been this season (laughs) is particularly complicated, and uh, you know (laughs) there's a lot going on. And we like having people on who have no idea what was going on and watch it out of context. So you're right. You're perfect. I like that you said we have once in your life. You're perfect. I like that you said, you know, you're an idiot. You have good company. Scott is all the other person here on the line. (laughs) Exactly. You'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll fit right in. Yeah. Scott still doesn't know what fire tokens are. I'm still trying to figure it all out. Well, even I know what a fire token is. You (laughs) moron. Come on. 
Fire right, token. Well, what is it, tough guy? It's a token made of fire. Come on. <laughs> it's a hot one. I wish they were like forged in fire, like that, like the Lord of the Rings, you know? Right. Yes. Or, or that it was we literally. these tokens in fire. Yeah. Or that they were literally burning and like you could only, it would only work if you held onto it. But if you held onto it, your flesh would melt. You know what I mean? Like you really, <laughs> you want, if yes. you want that power, that you got to work amazing. for it. Right. That's why, uh, that's why yeah. I never, that's why I All never right. made it. Okay. I, I never made it as a producer in show business. Uh, <laughs> a little outrageous. <laughs> well, only because your ideas would literally kill people. Sure, sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, let's. Do you want to talk about the episode? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Why not? <laughs> Frank, what was your overall impression of this thing you just stepped into out of context? Um, I would say that uh, there's an overall lot of plotting that everyone's doing it seemed like i mean i don't know if you want me to get right into sort of plot line stuff but uh and then a, a fair I mean, amount you of can i just meant like was it uh well i was surprised what? chinese food on the island <laughs> uh i thought that was kind of funny <laughs> yeah. um but uh i mean like I, I guess that would be like a grand I thought that prize. was a prize I think that that was a very odd prize. Yeah. What did you I, think, Ryan? Yeah. I don't think they've ever done for some reason. And the whole the contestants seem to be like, uh, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to imagine if Fijian pizza is the worst thing in the world, Fijian Chinese food has to just be terrible, right? In, in the words of someone that I was watching the episode with, oh, great, some warm goop. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just sort of. Also, it's something that you're that's known to like not be that filling, and usually <laughs> yeah. it's like you're gonna get a barbecue with steaks yeah, you yeah, know? Right. and like beers, and yeah. there's a the, the, now they're just like you'll get a you know a sweet and sour tempura onions. <laughs> why, why, so, do you think that's why Sarah gave it away? She's like, I don't want that. Well, she said she doesn't like Chinese food. Yeah, there you go, right? Yeah, although but, that um, that's the part where I go, that's the part where I go, you're on an island, you probably haven't eaten much at all. You can slide on the ch I don't like Chinese food rule, you know. Yeah. I think <laughs> you could probably find something to eat in the spread even if you don't like Chinese food. Of course food. you could. What was up with that? Like, oh, poor Nick. So yeah, you know, it was his birthday and she, yesterday, and the game was happening during during his birthday. That was the other thing, and again, ahead, I'm, I'm coming in this totally cold, so I didn't ha I didn't know everyone's motivation and stuff. But when she made that move and was kind of like, "Yeah, I don't really like Chinese food, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a big eater," and it was his birthday, so I'm going to give it to him. I went like, wow, that's nice. What a human thing to do. And then that immediately set off fireworks. And everyone was like, that bitch. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because in the past, in the past, people have gotten ruthlessly punished for being nice like that. And because 
it seems like blatant jury management, right? She knows Nick is going to go soon too. So she's like, let me just leave, let me, let me send him out of here with a good taste in his mouth with regards to me. She swears yeah. it wasn't that, but it sure seemed like it. People, Frank, tend to believe that uh, uh, something like that has ulterior motives and that they're just trying to curry favor and make themselves look good and make everybody else look bad. I just like yeah. I, you called it human. That's exactly what Tony was saying. He was like, you, you just, you became human for a moment. You <laughs> forgot. You forgot. You have to be that ruthless survivor barbarian. You, you were doing something human. And that's, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> Tony, who, 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 Frank, you don't know, is like been traditionally in the past, in past seasons, like the wildest, most hilarious, crazy person possibly to ever play the game has become the voice of reason. There were three times this episode where he sat people down and like, no, 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 it's nothing personal. This is just the game of Survivor. This is how it is played. Oh, <laughs> well, well, you know. Am the, I the right, Ryan? I mean, yeah, no, that, you're absolutely right. He did that yeah. to Nick at the beginning, and he said it during Tribal Council. He was like, but that's what happens, Adam. We have to whisper, and then we go write a name down. That is the way the game is played. I love that your Tony impression is really just like a pitched up Boston Rob impression. <laughs> They're very similar. <laughs> There's a similarity. I mean, you know, Rob Sesternator does does the best impression. Obviously, yeah. obviously. But, but know, we gotta I do our try. we gotta I'm do a professional our, we gotta try, performer, yeah. am I not? No, yeah, fair. <laughs> not anymore, apparently. I can't leave my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, um, yeah, no, I think that that's, I thought that I love that whole scene where Sarah does something nice and swears that it was like, just to be nice. And then she just gets like person after person after person, like what an idiot. Well, do what do you think? Do you think she was, she, I mean, I have no reason not to believe her. I look, I believe her. Um, I believe her, but I don't know. I also kind of don't like I think that people tend to make decisions on Survivor and then justify them later. Mm -hmm. um, and they think in the moment, it's like, oh, this could help me or whatever. Or even if it doesn't help me, it's not going to hurt me. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Th look, if she must not watch the show very often because everybody <laughs> knows no deed, no good deed goes on and punished on Survivor. All Many I was thinking about was Rodney from... Uh Yes, exactly. World Apart was sitting home watching the show. Another Boston Rob knockoff going, what? What about me? What about my birthday? Yeah. And getting like all the more mad at whoever it was that, because frankly, several seasons ago, there was a guy who goes really pissed that nobody would give up their reward for him on his birthday. And he had and a bit he of had a, to do dishes, a temper tantrum about it. And, yeah. uh, he was a grown it, man upset about his birthday. Is it the most famous birthday on Survivor ever? Probably, right? It has to be. Yeah. So at home, he was like, see? See, Carolyn? See? That's what yep. you do for someone on their birthday. <laughs> yeah. See? Rodney was vindicated, finally, after all these. That's why Sarah's a winner, and you lost, Mama C. Yep. 
Mamasi, by the way, begging to play again on She's on uh, constantly Twitter, be- constantly, constantly begging to play again. Tags Jeff Probst in every in every plea. It's That'll just work. embarrassing. I don't think it's going to happen for Mamasi. Nope, sadly, no, maybe right good. away. I mean, she should have been on failed. second chance if she had gotten the vote on second chance. But that ship is, yeah. is sailed. Goodbye. Yeah. anyway hi frank (laughs) (laughs) all right welcome back to the show our guest frank meyer before we get too much further frank did you have any questions that you wanted to uh, you wanted us to you know clear up before uh no i mean i think i got the gist of it i mean i'm sure there's backstory that i don't have but that's probably okay for for this conversation uh i will say that like from the way got, uh, from the way it started off was the, the girl that gave her the um, I mean that gave the birthday guy her her Chinese food. What was her name? Sarah. Was that Michelle Oh, Sarah. Yeah, from the beginning, Sarah. I sort of felt like s- they were setting it up that Sarah was going to be the one voted off, and then it kind of flipped like mid episode, and all the heat started piling on on Adam. And, you know, and, and again, that sounded when, when you asked me, like, my general thought of it is that, that all of a sudden Sarah was, like, leading the charge <laughs> against Adam. Uh, so it seemed like things sort of shifted there. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, you're, you're correct. Sarah has a ton of social capital uh, still left despite making that mistake, quote unquote, Um Adam had almost no social capital at this point. He was, he's been on the edge of getting voted out for weeks, weeks, weeks. Thankfully, he was not voted out until now because he's been great entertainment this season. And I want to jump right to it because it's one of my favorite moments in the show in the last few years. And that is the, uh, Jeff, I'd like to play your podium as a community <laughs> idol, please. Lord Elise. <laughs> well, he had to the try. Fleur Delise. Now, this is, I mean... How cool would it have been if he was right? As it was leading up to that moment, I was like, this is going to be a great moment, whether he's right or wrong. This is going to be exactly, no. awesome. Yeah, and because he was the person who ultimately was going to get voted out, it made it, like, made it even more exciting whether or not it was going to work. Did you, you know? th- What do you think, uh, heading into it, did you think it was going to work? Uh I don't know, because this would have been the very first time they hid an idol at Tribal. So I think yeah. they would have built it up more. Right. But apparently it I has been it, done in, on, in, on international versions of Survivor. Oh, yeah, plenty. And, and you and, know Adam has watched that. You know he's watched those. Absolutely, right? And also it's in many, many live reality games. People do that all the time. They did it in Live to Give Season 2. It's pretty common, actually. So um, you can't blame him for... No, no. Look, I do not think he's dumb. It. I don't no. think he's dumb for trying it. Uh, what I do, what I did find really funny is that he had he realized, okay, it's not it. I'm not going to try. And then Jeff was, are you sure you don't want to try to play it? <laughs> And it was like, let me milk some more comedy out of this situation. (laughs) (laughs) That was great instinct for Jeff. Yeah, totally. Because at that moment, I thought anybody might jump up and try to grab it out from under Adam. Yeah. No, it it was quite funny of Jeff to do that. Well, Jeff has said in an interview with Dalton Ross last night that he claims there will never be 
an idol hidden at tribal council. Because for the sole reason that they don't want the contestants tearing apart the set. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. So that that, <laughs> um, so that was the other that was the other big moment for me was uh, they sort of dropped that in earlier that he thought there was some sort of idol attached to the podium, and then he played that very confidently as his last card on his way out, like check this out, and it totally bombed, <laughs> which was hilarious. And then, and was I wrong? Because again, maybe I I picked up on something that wasn't there, but. On his way out, did he grab the torch and check that too? Like, oh, idle in here or no? It seemed like he even uh, looked one last time. I want. Been, I mean, maybe he's been all I, season. He's been like poking around the tribal council, <laughs> trying to find something. Yeah. He, it was that was the best moment of the show for me because he was so he like strutted up, like check this shit out, and like <laughs> and Jeff Probst totally yeah, was I like, mean, look, if he's right. right if he's it would right, have been it's like an huge, all-time yeah. great play, yeah. Yeah. Well, even said Probst like milked it too. Mo- yeah, that would have been legendary. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. Probst loved it, and you know, Probst <laughs> knew he was going to do it. I'm sure Probst had the intel oh, from yeah. producers, like, okay, Adam thinks there's an idol in the podium, so there's a good chance he's going to jump up and make make a run for it. Yeah. The, <laughs> like, the what, whole. Yeah, I mean, what would were... Jeff have done if he didn't know that was coming? Do you think he would have been afraid? <laughs> Adam's coming to kill me. <laughs> I, that would have been funny too. I mean, who knows? But you know, Jeff knows all, so he was never not going to know. But you know, there were a couple really funny moments in this tribal with Adam, like the whole thing where he's like freaking out on Ben, and then my favorite part when he was like. So does anybody want to tell me what's going on? And it was just like, they just goosed the cricket sound effects big time. Yes. In that. And, yeah. no, and no music suddenly. And <laughs> yeah. it was just like, I was like, okay, Adam, I think it's over for you, my friend. <laughs> I mean, it was like the most, the most obvious. And it's fun because they can telegraph that in that moment. Really, they can get away with that telegraphing that he's going to be voted out there because he had not gone up to try to get the idol yet. And so the drama comes from, is the idol real or not? And then the vote out, it's irrelevant at that right. point. You're right, right. Like, cause now we're even more like hoping or that it's going to be real. So yeah. he can turn the vote upside down. You know, part of his Frank, you, you talked about his confidence walking up there. Yeah. Um, he, uh, like he said in his final words, that uh, if he wasn't so confident about there being an idol there, he might have played less aggressively in that tribal council. And yeah, maybe, right. he seems no. to think maybe then he wouldn't have been voted out. I kind of think he was his goose was cooked when they by before they all got there. Generally, that's the case. It's really, really hard for a vote to change at Tribal. Um, I'll be really curious to get some exit interviews when the season's all over to find out if the if they did change their votes there or if they did solidify the vote since it was so nuts before tribal um, hey frank if you're typing we can totally hear you typing oh sorry sorry he's just doing research on who is this man are you on another podcast right now <laughs> i'm on three podcasts are you right doing now on another podcast right now? <laughs> no yeah. Um, um, it, look, if you want to take a break and get done with whatever no, you're no, doing, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Just just back up that line and keep going. I'm fine. No, 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 no. We're not cutting that out. 
Oh, it's perfect. Too, it's too good. No, no, um, we keep everything. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Yeah, the, I mean, and, and the, this of episode which, is like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Before go ahead. I forget, I just want to say I told you what Jeff said about there will never be an idol at council. Blah blah blah. However, take it with a grain of salt because now I have to issue a correction. Something I said last week because Jeff Probst has issued a correction. I I told you that Jeff in his interview last week said that Rob and Natalie's idols are dead. This will mean mm. nothing to you, Frank. He said in his interview this week with Dalton that he screwed up and he was wrong. Wait, but he, that means they don't they're not relevant then. Unless they come back into the No, game. but they're literally not relevant, right? That just he it's a spoiler. Yeah, sorry. I guess you're right. I mean yeah, like uh, because or, if, or if, he, the if they he were would, relevant, he would have remembered they were relevant and would have yeah, said, "That's true." Scott, or, or Scott, somebody you son of a him, hey, don't don't forget, Rob gave his <laughs> idol to you know whoever when they came back in. Who knows? Look, There's Frank is about to insult you, and I, I need am... you to stop talking so he can. Say... <laughs> I am <laughs> furious at Scott's misdirection here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Fair uh, enough. Fair enough. What are you, Adam? Well, anyway, <laughs> that's what Jeff said. That's what Jeff said. I yeah. did love that fight between Adam and Ben at Tribal The whole Council thing before Tribal 2. Whispering in the middle, and they're on opposite sides, just like bickering. This whole season that was insane. And then when yeah. he, and I never, and you never, well, I've never written your name down. Well, I've never written your name down. Well, are you writing my name down tonight? <laughs> no. You know, it's insane <laughs> to me that Adam won the game of Survivor. After watching this season, it's like, how did this guy win? I think that's like, what they're he, all th- Frank, you get that all these people who are playing this season won prior seasons, right? Yeah, I realized that at first, but I kind of forgot about it by the end. And now that you point that out, I'm like, that guy Adam won before? He seems like such a doofus. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Like, it's in, like to, I mean, you know, so somebody, they love giving the, the Dodo edit to somebody. And I think if it hadn't been Adam, it would have been someone else. But, uh, you know, maybe ben. yeah, this somebody I, had it's to shocking it. to me that he won a season <laughs> and it, it like he. Uh, because he just played so aggressively this season. Like right away, he was like, I'm going to tell Boston Rob I'm voting out his best ally and it's going to work. <laughs> like yeah. like in episode one or two. I'm, I was not ex- that like, ex- I wasn't against Adam being on this season, but because yeah. Frank, you know, there's more than 20, there are 20 players this season, but they have more than 20 winners to choose from. So I, I was like, eh, Adam, I could take or leave. Maybe there's a better choice. But he has been just TV gold this whole season, blundering his way through all this way. He made a fairly yeah. uh, deep run. Surprisingly, uh, you know, if, if he hadn't swapped onto that tribe with Boston Rob, I think he would have been toast, right? Like he he was a, he, he was at an advantage because for some reason they just wanted to get rid of all the old school players first mm-hmm. but it's it's like as soon as they were done with that they're like all right now it's adam's turn time <laughs> oh, um, poor adam yeah <laughs> uh the, it's funny those players like adam that um when it's like they co- you come back from tribal council and or you come back from immunity challenge and it's like okay so we're going to vote adam right <laughs> 
that's like everybody's first choice. And then it sort of always morphs into something else. But like, it's funny when that person finally gets voted out to me. It finally morphed its way back to him. Yeah. You'd now, think they would just the, take him to the end. But they were going to take out Nick. Yeah. And then Nick is the one who started stirring stuff up and he just made up that Sophie was going after Tyson. He also and then it said was Tyson Nick, ultimately who switched it on to Adam. Nick pointed out that if you if you just com- cause complete chaos, it seems to just distract everyone and can kind of save you. Well, that was uh, Tyson who oh, pointed Tyson. that out. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Both the fact that Tyson Tyson said it, but I think Nick also was saying that if he wants yeah. to stir up confusion, and that'll get the target off. I yeah. think they both were were doing that. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because for Adam, the type of person Adam is, that is not to his advantage, right? Like the more chaos, the more unhinged Adam gets. So <laughs> it's it funny, like it worked really well for Nick and Tyson. I think Nick and Tyson are both on borrowed time. But Absolutely. I think the most true thing was said at Tribal Council. Somebody said it's between Nick. It was always between Nick, Adam and Tyson. Yeah. That that seems right to me for sure. Man, Tyson, how the heck did he stay in now? He got back in the game. It's been two votes and he still they've not voted him out yet. It's nuts. I it's shocking, but I apparently he's not that big of a factor. I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna be the one no. to take this no. I mean, Frank probably doesn't even know what we're talking about here. You wanna tell him and like Frank, <laughs> did you do all those parts yeah. about edge of extinction? Did you kind of right, pick right. up on what yep. that was? Well, I didn't pick up on what it was other than uh, I liked the name and it was cryptic. And, I mean, I picked up on it, but I didn't know what the backstory was. Yeah, those are all people who've been voted out of the game already. Um, uh, and one of them Tyson, voted out. So it's yeah. like lost. You like the, Those are the dead people <laughs> exactly. that those still the live people. on the island. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, those are... Those are the others. <laughs> and they're waiting They're waiting to get back in the game. One of them will get back in the game at some point. So they had and a challenge them- last episode where one of them got won his way back into the game, and that was Tyson. Oh. And then there will be another chat. One, one more time toward the end of the season, a challenge to get back into the game. Otherwise, what they're is- just sitting around and occasionally going on scavenger hunts. For fire tokens. What do they get fed? Rice, and that's it. And they have to walk up to the top of the hill to get it every day. That's why. One soup of that's rice why Parvati was like. Day. That's why Parvati was like, I need to get fire tokens so I can buy peanut butter. We're we're desperate for food here, and mm. uh, and it's why Natalie was like, I want to get peanut butter, but I don't want these new people who have who have eaten within the last six days. To have any peanut butter, so I'm going to say that guy ate five days ago. He's got a full belly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was like Natalie. That's so petty. <laughs> I love Natalie so much. Yeah, it was funny for sure. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was funny that it worked too. Like she got when she got them to go. She got Yule and uh, who who was the other person? Wendell. Wendell to go off on their own. Um. But she didn't find the tokens. But and then Parvati told everybody she found them, which I thought was the right right decision. What do you think? I think. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, well, you can say that what we'll see with the context, Frank, is that Tyson previously had 
found something and spent his fire token on a jar of peanut butter and kept it secret and kept it to himself. And his reasoning was, I will have more energy and I will win the challenge and get back into the game. And it worked. And it worked. So that's why we're asking, should Parvati and Danny uh, share the peanut butter? See, I, I think I would immediately... Yes at this point, because it's a... Go ahead. Fail. I think I would immediately fail on this show because I always want to do the... In my gut is always to do the nice thing, and then that seems to just destroy you every time on this show. <laughs> The the, yeah. the thing is, doing the nice thing isn't always the wrong move, but um, the, the key is to think about it, right? Like, to at least weigh the pros and cons. And or I think... to do small gestures one-on-one. Right. So it's yes. those big, grand gestures in front of everybody that causes the rest of the tribe to suspect you. But I never weigh, weigh my choices. I never weigh my choices <laughs> in any situation. I just move. Shoot from the hip, yeah. Shoot from I, the uh, hip, that's me, baby. Yeah, and P- Parvati is the opposite, right? She's a very shrewd player, very smart. I think she knows these people are the jury. If I do somehow get lucky and get back into the game, I really don't want them to hate me. Right. I think for that reason, it was the right thing. And because they're pretty far off from the next challenge. Yeah, true. No, it's a long way away. There's more to gain probably by just sharing it with everybody. It's what? It's like nine days away, right? I don't know. How long long is this entire uh, thing last? I mean, not the the show, but like the season. But like they're on this island doing all this until... Seven years. (laughs) <laughs> what 12 years a slave no, wow no, 39 days 39 days jesus christ it's brutal it's brutal that's brutal scott, the point of it i scott you've watched this show how many days could you last two or three maybe two or three what about maybe. you uh i think i could make it the whole time but it's more about just like the boredom is the worst part for sure mm-hmm. i actually think i could if if not for the if it was indoors like Big Brother, I could make it the whole. Wait, season. If it was indoors, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. I'm just saying I could make it. In, I'm being honest. That's not Survivor. I could exactly. I could not make it with the physical challenges and you know the starvation. Like I'm pretty good with I think in my head with like being hungry, but that's just because I can be hungry longer than like maybe most people I know. But that's by like you know a few hours. <laughs> so your superpower. You know I mean? So your superpower is that you're is that you're poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can last a little longer with no food, but yeah, I don't right. think I could last. Wow. Weeks. I couldn't last weeks like that. I could do <laughs> a day or two. Well, you know, Australian Survivor is over fifty days, and ironically, the like. Within without fail for like the first four seasons of Australian Survivor, the like fan favorite strategic mastermind player has gone out on day thirty nine. Don't don't. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's very don't interesting. Spoil. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I haven't the, watched the sort of yet. the, the I may need to watch going. those now that Survivor is going to be on an extended hiatus. Oh yeah, now's the time. Well, not now. <laughs> I'm watching this one. Soon now. is the time. Soon you know, the time. Uh, you know, they call Australia the land down under. Really? Yeah. 
Are you sure? Yeah. Why don't you get back on your computer and start? This is why we are on the show. Yeah. Stop looking that up. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's at the bottom of the earth. It's That's below That's what he was typing, Scott. That's what he was typing. That's what you were learning when you were <laughs> typing. Yeah. It's like underneath China and underneath Antarctica is Australia. It's like really low. It's uh, land down. Yeah. It's underneath everything. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. You know, the water in the sink swirls backwards. It's a trippy place. <laughs> That's well, how much. That's how much activity you had. In yeah, well, I stayed mostly in the hotel room. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw everything. You saw everything. You were like Patrick Stewart. Well, maybe in not the yeah. entire continent. But. You know the. You know the paint dries backwards there. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> you know they bring the room service comes dessert first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have brekkie in the evening, and everybody uh, speaks with a funny accent. Well, that's true. You know, when I was in Australia, it was when the first season of Survivor was airing. Oh, and I was there for a couple weeks, and they were airing it in Australia. <laughs> I watched. I watched an episode, in and Australia. it was filmed there that that oh. no, no, season no, two. Right? Was, no, this was season one. I'm talking about season one yeah, was, was airing. Oh yeah, right. All right. Okay. Uh, season two. Sorry, I got confused. That's a, 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 a great story. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Good stuff. That's my big memory. To get back to the show yeah. that we watched. Um, yeah. So Parvati gets the gets the the coin flip advantage. Let's talk about this coin flip advantage, Scott. Okay. Um, how bad is this compared to a real idol? <laughs> it's about half as bad, half as good. It depends. Are you a Maybe coin side up or better, coin yeah. side down kind of a guy? <laughs> Maybe slightly better than half. I right? mean, but isn't it? But I, I think it was, I mean, four tokens is a pretty steep price. Oh, my God. They, they fleeced, fleeced her. her. They, they fleeced, fleeced her. her. But, but what are they going to do, right? Like, I get I, it. I, I don't think it's worth it for her. Absolutely, right? What those fire? She may never get a chance again to sell those tokens. Exactly, that could yeah. be her only chance to get something. Or next week, she could have the have the chance to buy four real idols for yeah, one right. token. Exactly. <laughs> or, or next week, she may have to give all four tokens to Nick. You know, like, right? You know, yeah. there's just no way to tell. And so, I'd like, rather Nick not smart. get them. <laughs> um, I so what I think that the producers may not have thought about is the like how tokens are going out of the system now and turning into peanut butter. Like that's <laughs> not exciting, right? Like that's not exciting for the game. If tokens only equal peanut butter, they're not worth having in the game. Well, what they really need to do is have a jar of peanut butter that's an immunity idol, but it mm -hmm. only has power as long as it remains sealed. But what? So what, you are tempted to eat the peanut butter, right, right. or how about this? In order to gain safety from it, you have to eat it all at tribal council. <laughs> but what are you? What are you upset about the peanut butter? Why do you care if they use it on that? Well, I don't care except for that if they used it on a, an advantage in the game or some sort of strategic advantage, it's far more interesting to the viewer than them just getting peanut butter, right? Ah, gotcha. And I think the producers want them to use it on things that they can use in the game that change the game up. Uh, and peanut, like, I don't think the producers thought enough ahead, oh, they might spend all of the fire tokens in existence on peanut butter. <laughs> hey, listen, peanut butter is hot commodity where I come from. That's going to be the next season. Survivor, peanut butter island. 
<laughs> There's challenges that take place in a big pool of peanut butter. Right. Now you're going to have to put that chocolate in that peanut butter. Mmm, <laughs> surprisingly tasty. You have to make fire with only peanut butter. It's like when they have to like go through like a mud pit, but it's all peanut butter. And then it's like, do you exactly. try to win the challenge or you just stay in the pit and eat? eat yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and maybe, maybe one of the challenges, you have to build a, a giant uh, s'more, you know, and like build a life-size s'more, like huge. Yeah, sure. they're really branching out. Might want to save that for the second peanut butter island sure. uh, season. Sure. Uh, yeah, you know, peanut butter, swimming around a peanut butter is something that Big Brother would do. Um, for sure. Again, a game I could win. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're inside all the time and you just go into a big vat of peanut butter. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And you win I feel, something. I feel like in Japan that show probably exists. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. And if it doesn't, somebody's creating it right now. Yeah. And their names are us. Well, um, uh, do you, do what? any of you guys speak Japanese? Yes, I do. Great. Let's pitch this. <laughs> Let me hear a little of that Japanese. <laughs> I, uh, I only use it at parties. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Sure, sure. I know how to say thank you, Mr. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> Donde esta casa de Pepe, all right? Yeah, yeah. You're onto something. Sorry. All right. Well, what else have we not? What well, else I have we not? I want to talk about the, these power dynamics. Okay, we know yeah. that. Adam, obviously, and Nick and Michelle are kind of on the outs. And we've kind of surmised that Tyson might be at the bottom. But who's really running the show here? I mean, last week you were <laughs> yeah. saying it was Sophie. Doesn't this it feel like it's going to come down to Sophie versus Jeremy a little bit? Like Sophie's people versus Jeremy's people? Well, yeah, in a way, yeah. I mean, Kim seems to be rising in power as well. Agreed. J- Jeremy is so fascinating because... In one way, he's kind of on the outside because he's part of the original uh, Sele tribe. You know, right. so he and Denise are a little bit not as in with the rest of them. But on the and the same with Ben, although Ben kind of worked his way in. But at the same time, like nobody ever a nobody talks about voting Jeremy out. B Jeremy did barely even moved during that whole. Oh, that was like. He's just sitting in the same spot, and people can just come to that's him. That's what he did in Game Changers. And that's what he did in, in, Cam- yeah. in Cambodia. You know, Cambodia, yeah, He yeah. would just lay in that hammock and work his magic. And also, the most interesting was when sort of the core alliance people were sitting there making their decision, and Tony's like, well, we got to go see how Jeremy's feeling. Yeah. I think Jeremy is killing it. I don't know that he wins, but he's definitely playing the game that he played in Cambodia, and he's doing well with it. Is it that maybe just doing nothing at all is your best approach? Often it is, yeah. It is. Often. If you're able to relax, and I think Jeremy is able to relax and put people he's talking to at ease. He yes, doesn't absolutely. seem to be rife with paranoia. He's not like running this way and that. He's very solid and steady and trustworthy. He's a firefighter, but he's so likable. People like talking to him. But I think, yes, he's relaxed. He's not freaking you know, out. And, you know, most of this cast is able to dial into that sort of way of playing yes. because they're winners and that's the type of gameplay that wins the game. Uh, but. 
uh, I'm so glad that we ha- do have some crazy loose cannons regardless, right? Like we need those people to make the show interesting. So having Ben's and Adam's and Tony's on the season, really, really helping it. Absolutely. Because otherwise they would all be like Jeremy, just sitting there waiting for everything to happen around them, you know? Yeah. I mean, the but a lot of them are, you're right. Very, very uh, comfortable. Like Sophie seems very comfortable. One thing we forget is that Jeremy, Sophie, and Kim all have idols or yeah, Jeremy's is, crazy. is the, you know, quasi. Yeah. Idol yeah. His isn't exactly an idol, but, but yeah. if he's safe from, if he thinks he's in trouble, he's, he can make himself immune from the vote. Same with Sophie and Kim. And that's, but he has to play his time. before the votes are cast. So it's a lot yeah. less powerful, a lot less powerful. It you can't use much- it to, you can't use it to blindside someone like you can with an idol. True. But you can use it to save yourself. Right. Right. I mean, idols are, so interesting because you can use them more strategically than just saving yourself. But yeah. Right. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, he, he can, if he wants, he's, if he, his read on this situation is as good as it seems like it is, he'll know when he's going to be voted out and he can use that. But you know, I, at that point he has to win every immunity challenge after. So it's not really that, you know, like it's going to be hard for him to use that ability to get but just having it in your pocket. Gives you a sense totally. of no, it's security awesome. and yeah, safety. Yeah. And you can play chill then. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. Yep. Uh, you mentioned Kim. I want to talk about Kim. Yes, because my winner pick. Kim won the immunity challenge and also simultaneously broke the record for most immunity challenge wins by a woman on Survivor. That was the, that was the ocean triangle one, right? Yep, this, yep, yeah, right. that was... That was rough. That's where they have to stand on Snoopy's doghouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I might be kind of good at this one, believe really? it or not. Yeah. Like I I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I've surprisingly done well at any balance challenges I've had to do in uh, live So Frank games, Ryan so. has played like fan created, you know, weekend survivor games okay that's what he's referring to so 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 yeah and i you know there's always some kind of a balancing challenge and i always way outperform my expectations on that. i uh, haven't won any but i used to be a uh digital producer for american ninja warrior on nbc and i gotta go on the road with them a bunch and i gotta like run some of the challenges like when they you know just for fun and and i had watched that show a bunch and i had you know like worked with the cast and some of the people and stuff and the stunt guys and blah blah blah. and i was looking at that thing for so long going like i know i can do this one i know i can do that one i'm gonna be solid I got the very, <laughs> I, the very first one. I immediately was in the water. Is that the one where you have to leap I, from yeah leap from the, pl- the pad very to pad yeah the very first one? I was like, <laughs> I've totally got this. Boom in the water. Oh, that, I, I think that part is deceptively. It looks all, easier than they're it all is, tough. Right? They're all yeah, like yeah. they're all super tough. Well, yeah. When I worked at the Survivor finale last year for the day. And, you know, Miles had, we had the challenges set up outside for the audience to like sort of mini challenges, but actual stuff that had been on the show. I was like, I'm going to try one. And I tried, of course, the one I thought I would do best at. It looked simple. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, you, you already know how this story ends. Yeah. I, I was immediately bad at it. It was just, 
They're hard. Those things are hard. Yeah, yeah. And no, Scott, right. and Scott, as you know, I'm in fantastic shape. Oh, so. you've never been in <laughs> you know, better shape. Never in better. So for me, of all people, to have not made it past the first, that just goes to show you how challenging those uh, they really are. You've always been an athlete. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I just love that Kim has the record now because there was like a three or four way tie for yeah. most individual immunity wins by women. Um, but it's and over Kim, the course of, of more than one season. Right. And th- what's amazing is Kim has only played twice. Yes. Like Parvati, who she was tied with for the record, has played now four times. Yeah. Like, but there were no, she didn't participate in any individual challenge. Right. You have to make the you have to make the merge to, to, to get to get ticks in your record on this one. That's true. But you know, I'm not surprised, Kim. By the way, going into the season, Kim was like, for me, someone who everybody knew was going to be really good. And she's really good. Like, she's just killing it. Especially, Why is she not a threat? Well, especially from starting out the game on the bottom of her tribe. I know. Nobody wanted to work with her. She was literally on her knees begging to for them to talk to her. And remember, she said, like, I know there's an upswing for me in this game and I am going to wait for it and I'm going to I'm going to do it. And now she is completely on the rise. I would not be surprised to see her at the end or toward the end. I mean, I'm looking at Kim, Sophie and Sarah. Also, Jeremy. Well, there's a lot of people. Michelle. Jeremy. I know. Now is when it's going to start getting there's going to start being some people where we're like, damn, I thought they were doing well. It's once yeah. we get past Nick and Tyson, yeah, Tyson, then it's kind of like, then we're going to see who's yeah. really going to yeah. make the end. I, I I agree. Like it's so it is hard to tell who's going to win right now. And I'm you know uh, part I of love. that. I love that too. And part of it is because I'm not reading about people's theories on who's going to win, uh, and that helps me like <laughs> not get not get too like invested in one person winning or whatever, but um, it does seem like the editors are doing a good job of obscuring the winner, which to me does suggest that the winner is most likely a woman because the editors tend to over edit male winners, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Um, I, I just hope for a fun and interesting end of the game and not like a paganging. What about Tony? Yeah. Tony has not oh, paganging is a yeah survivor. <laughs> it's uh, jargon. <laughs> I like it. The first uh, season, there was a tribe called Pagong, and they got voted out one by one, each person. So, uh, but what about Tony? So Tony, not only I know I said he's been become the voice of reason now, he has not received a single vote against him all season. I'm not saying he's going to win, but this is amazing. I feel like Tony's only chance of doing well at Survivor again was to be on an all-winner season, and so far it's working out for him. He, but tell me this. Now tell me if I'm reading too much into the edit. Um, there was a point where, I wish I could remember the exact quote, but somebody was talking about, like, somebody's going to get brutally blindsided or something. Sarah was saying that, I think. Mm-hmm. And there was a shot of Tony. Oh, interesting. I feel as though like we've been given this Sarah-Tony relationship all season. We know what Sarah's capable of. I feel like if Tony goes, it's going to be Sarah's doing something. Yeah, that makes sense because they've also made a point of showing people talking about Sarah saying she cut her close allies last time. 
Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I, so I, they want us to remember that Sarah's, uh, Sarah's brutal like that. Yes. So, and it may have even been Tony who said that, to be honest, now that I think of it. So <laughs> a few people have said it. So you know? I, Hey, look, that'll be a fun blindside. Tony getting blindside will be fun. I just, I, I want blindsides right now. We haven't had a lot of them, you know? It's been kind of like, okay, there, there's one, there's two people that they're thinking about voting out. Which one will it be? And then usually the person doesn't seem that surprised. So like, oh, I want a fun, like, oh shit, this person had no idea blindside, you know? It seems like the very beginning of the show started off, and, and I don't know the total backstory, but that, that girl Michelle was upset because she, yeah. she was felt like everyone was going to vote against this guy Wendell, and, and then some people didn't. And she did, and she felt like they hung her out to dry her, or he ended up on the other team. Or, it was I don't kind know, of you... the, yeah, it was kind of the opposite of that. She it was Wendell did get voted out, but she oh, okay. and Nick were the only ones who weren't in on it. So ah. she, she, was, she was like, I wanted to vote Wendell out. Why didn't anyone tell me? Um, because she was also closely allied with Wendell. Yeah, I don't understand. She's his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Wendell and Michelle are uh, Wendell, I don't know if you noticed him on Edge of Extinction. He kind of looks like like Donald Glover. Looks very much like Donald Glover. But he wasn't really featured much uh, in this episode. But there was a big plot about how Wendell and Michelle had dated after they had both been on Survivor. Separately. Yeah. And now they were on the island together and she wanted to vote him off and yet she was uh, working with him the whole time. So it was very confusing. Well, well, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the spider to the fly. Like the spider to the fly. What a tangled web we weave. <laughs> but I will say to transition, uh, after Michelle is talking about those bumbling, fumbling idiots and how they voted out Wendell without telling. Um, I believe she also called them dingbats. Yeah. Uh, oh, Michelle has great, like, that's like what Michelle brings to the table, like, comedy wise, is like funny phrases like that. Mm-hmm. She's great for that. But um, also, that's when Adam just Bro, kept I saying, know. when Adam just kept saying fleur de lis, and it was so. <laughs> how did you know that was called a fleur de lis? I mean, maybe everybody knows that. And I. Well, I- when I was when I was watching the show, I was taking down little notes and I wrote that word down multiple times. I was like, he's saying it so many times; it clearly must be important. It's never well, been spoken on the, the show before. At the risk of sounding like a total know-it-all, it it he pronounced it really annoyingly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. How's it I mean, supposed it's to be French. Pronounced? You know, it's French. It's a, at the very least. Fleur de lis, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. You don't put the s on there. Yeah. Really annoying. Um, but, you know that yeah. that remind that reminds me of a story of my, my that my boss used to tell, where he was at a, a he was at like a dinner party, and some really really arrogant guy described himself as a real chameleon. <laughs> he could fit into any situation. He was a real <laughs> chameleon. And by boss, do you mean the boss baby for which no, you do no, music? No, no. <laughs> no, no. It On was Netflix, an old, old boss baby. Watch in, it. Yeah, I watch Boss Baby back in business. Season three just came out. Anyways, um, uh, thanks for the the assist on a plug. I'm always, I'm that always was a good. Yeah, that was a good good segue there. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Uh, so, anyways, fleur de lis. Yeah, no. The reason I it's know almost that term, like Tyson has risen 
Much uh, like Frank from, uh, the, from the grave. Much yes. like <laughs> you've got documentary. You've got that right, Scott. Risen, the story of Shron Hellraiser Smith, currently available on Amazon Prime. <laughs> exactly. Amazon, also the name of season six of Survivor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's right. all what a tangled web we weave. Mm, yes. Yep. The like the spider of the fly again. I'm I'm one step ahead of you. <laughs> uh, so the reason I know uh, what a fleur de lis is is because it's the symbol for the New Orleans Saints. Oh, so, well, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Well, I mean, Frank and I knew that because we're really into football. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, of course. Yeah. Um, um, what about, can I? I've got a question, mostly for you, Ryan. Why do you think Denise was not chosen? for the reward challenge. Uh, so I was thinking about this on my second rewatch, uh, my second rewatch, meaning I watched it three times. Now on my first rewatch, my second time watching, I was thinking about this and you know, we don't, there's so much we don't see. It's possible. She was like, I'm good guys. I'll sit. You right. know what I mean? Like who knows? That's true. Like, um, because I mean, she's physically more yeah. than capable of doing that challenge. And She's I, not as yeah, on the, the out as the more that else. I think about it, the more I'm like, actually, she probably did volunteer. You she know what I mean? Have, yeah. yeah. That's um, a good theory. Yeah. Uh, w- one more thing I wanted to talk about, uh, which, you know, is in front of mine right now, is na- uh, Danny's literally the best thing Danny has done all season. The only thing really of any consequence uh, was that she said, hey, where did someone find it on the last edge of extinction when they were looking? For yeah. And coin? when she first said that, I was like, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you're predisposed to not to thinking Danny has gotten a game. Know but, what's going on. Well, yeah. also I was like, that's not going to be based on a prior season, but it was, yeah. well, you know, they're so proud of that season of survivor that they <laughs> want to make, make sure we don't forget it. Yeah. I was like, wait, Aubrey was on that season. <laughs> Yeah, poor Aubrey. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, anyways. Well, she um, said it was a great experience being on the edge. Yeah, so, she stands whatever. by it. She's one of the rare fans of Edge of Extinction yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's something, it happened to her there. <laughs> the The other thing I wanted to mention was after they sold Michelle the coin, the coin for four tokens, Right yeah. before they went to the next scene, Michelle said, wow, in like the best way. And I really wish I was doing sound drops this season because it was <laughs> so perfect. I could just, I could use that after everything Scott says and it would be so funny. <laughs> wow. Because it was what like well, so sarcastic. Get off your ass. <laughs> Stop working on the boss baby. Yeah. And Gloop World coming to Quibi soon, featuring. Oh, Mike Scott! Boyd. I don't know if this is announced yet. That Maybe was a to cut that. Gloop World is is announced. Okay, good. It's been Great. in the trades, buddy. Great. It, but, Great. Yes, Justin Roiland. Yes, Scott Gloop announced World. it. I just announced it. <laughs> I, I will be doing voices on Justin Roiland. Uh, yeah, I I'm came out of that project party. late, so so I'm not I'm not aware of where it is in the pipeline. But all right, well, I I deserve a plug too, Ryan. Um. Uh, okay, now there's a couple more things to talk about. Two things I want to mention. Number one, you brought up Michelle, and I'm not even getting into how dumb their their bags are. That they've given them these stupid bags just so they oh, can yeah, find those, like, their messenger bags, wrapping yeah. them. Yeah, like something. We went down to like Eddie Bauer and got you some bags, but um, she's like, well, you know, I think 
the survive it's almost like the survivor gods came down and put those fortunes in that made me want to open my oh curtain. Oh my god, it was like, so Yeah, the survivor gods did come down. They're called the producers of the show and yeah. they put in fortunes that would encourage you to to do what you're doing. They didn't get those those fortune cookies from, you know, PD Ch- PF PF Changs. I like PD Changs better. I like PD Changs. Some off-brand PF Changs is my favorite. PD Changs, that's what I'm doing. But like, she's got all these fortunes just coincidentally that encourage her to. Yeah, I know. So it was so corny, so corny. Like, what is she gonna do? Of course, she's gonna buy it. There's no, there's no debating. So there's one thing that we've failed to talk about, which is shocking. And let me tell you something. I'm about to talk about it, so you better get ready. Oh, yes, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Winners at war. Winners at war. Winners at war. Winners at war. They're coming for you. What Scott, the fuck I, is going on on this I, show? I'm so annoyed by this song, and I, I hate slamming other composers. I'm sure it's not their fault. I'm going to no, blame they did what they were asked to do. Honestly, the lyrics, Scott, could not be worse. I agree. Like, they literally well, thought about those lyrics for like one second. Like, honestly, if I was writing this song and I had, um, and I needed to get like, like a, a, a lot of time on Rick and Morty, I'll write a song and that Dan is going to improvise later. And I'll just put placeholder lyrics in, right? Like, cause I know they're definitely going to change. They're not good on purpose because they're just there to like go, okay, here's where you're going to sing. Right. And like this is – that is like what I would write for placeholder lyrics. They're so bad. They're so well, on the nose. Like, well, we've got Frank here who has written hundreds of rock songs over the years. There you go, yeah. And played with many famous musicians. What, did you notice the uh, – because this is new this season that there are songs with vocals – happening during the episode i did and i also noticed that at the end during the whole like tribal council meeting thing that in addition to the sort of rumbling percussion you know the that there was sort of like a low growly vocal happening and it it was sort of distracting because i was like what is he saying it it almost sounded like an evil dead was like conda (laughs) it sounds like fake African music. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. It's like that. It's like that. I was I was listening, going like, is this racist? I can't really (laughs) put my finger on it, but something's off. So that might be offensive, but definitely the rock song is offensive. Let's just and also in the middle of the challenge, I thought it completely cut the tension. Yeah. If you I mean, why not just go with the band Survivor? They wrote Eye of the Tiger for crying out loud. I have a feeling that uh, they might have been a little more expensive. You know that the band Survivor sued the show Survivor when it first came out. Yeah, they're like, we invented Survivor. We invented the word Survivor. (laughs) They did. They they did sue. That's crazy. Well, sure. It got thrown out at some point. Well, but, you know, the, the main title listen, theme, there was a big lawsuit over the main title theme. I, we probably have covered was this. There? Yeah. If, uh, I was, if I was the bass player in Survivor, I'd be suing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Your fellow members of Survivor. Yeah, for anything. I'd be, I would, I'd be definitely be suing yeah. Tiger King. I would be suing. Would get my would get lawsuits. I would sue Tiger King. I would sue the fellow members. I would sue the label, the publishers, the public. I'd sue the public for not buying it enough times. (laughs) 
<laughs> they they did a they, they had one I'd or sue, two other songs I, that I enjoyed. I would, in sue, the 80s. I, I would sue Frank Stallone. I would sue <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I would sue Old Lady Stallone. Hey, don't forget they also had a. I won't back down, or sure. I won't back, turn back now, because it's too late to hold me back, or whatever the heck. Are that you trying was. to convince me that they have another song? Because yeah, Scott, I got to tell you, I'm not aware of the you tremble song. when we touch. <laughs> you never heard that one? No, um, I won't. Uh, I don't know what the hell it's called. <laughs> uh, yeah, in my notes, by the way, when uh, for the immunity challenge, I have the note. Uh, Stupid song comes on. <laughs> I mean, it, the, 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 to me, it it cut the tension and suspense of yeah. what was happening in that moment, and it turned it into like a comedy moment because that was the part when it started. We've heard already this season. You better get ready. Well, it's the it's same song. A, I think it's the same wall. song. Yeah, I want to hear the whole song. <laughs> oh, believe me you will live via zoom on uh, the finale show uh, oh my gosh you will definitely hear it uh it, it i think it was uh martin i was redmond uh the survivor guy who posted on twitter was like how, how many you know how much royalties does jeff get for this song and why did they keep playing? Like, <laughs> jeff wrote the lyrics uh, probably yeah let me uh, see. Uh, winners at war. Winners at war. You yeah. better get ready for the winners at war. Yeah. Okay. Somebody turned that into a hit. <laughs> That's so bad. Oh my god! I'm sure everybody, every podcast, every Survivor podcast is talking about this stupid song. But and I, mean, I like I said, I hate knocking on other composers. I'm sure they did the best with what they had. But like, not yeah. so much. It's just it just is out of place. The, the yeah. composers are not to blame. They were Definitely given an not. assignment. They needed to feed their families. Yeah. <laughs> they did a job. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I also had written down during the reward challenge, uh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, reward yeah. challenge? <laughs> they're well, I mean, so, they like, they're antiquated. Now. Yeah, I know, they but now they're antiquated. antiquated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're only interesting with some, I, and you know, there have been a few this, at least one this season that got cut from the final show I've read um, because it really was boring. I th- and I wonder if if Sarah hadn't given her reward to Nick, if we would have even seen this reward at all. That's a very good question. Yeah. Oh because wow! Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's something totally happened plot wise from it. That's the only reason. Because my big frustration with this episode, it was a fun episode, but really the second half was the fun part for me. The yeah. beginning was almost, we had a one scene coming back from Tribal. I like that. But then we had the stupid, you know, scavenger hunt on Edge of Extinction taking up way too much time hmm. in between basically two challenges. And yeah. that, you know, they were able to get away with it because they could make the narrative, oh, all hell breaks loose. Nobody knows who anyone is voting out. We don't need to show any reasons why someone was voted out because literally everybody's on the chopping block. Like they, they I think they could get away with front loading a bunch of unnecessary stuff because the story, the storyline was so short at the end. Right. Yeah, like I just, yeah, I felt like. It was front loaded with all this crap and the edge of it. It was another reminder to me that while there have been some cool moments on, on Edge of Extinction, it's just sort of, to me, it's dragging the season down from being 
a truly great season. Yeah. Whoa. I, mean, I still yeah. need to do the math, by the way, on how much that uh, that coin actually cost in real dollars. Because you remember, you take right. the total number of fire tokens available on the season divided by two million, and that's how much they're worth in American dollars. I'm, I'm going to leave that math to you. Okay. Well, eventually, <laughs> at some point, your we'll report do after the finale. Yeah, we'll do a special podcast after the finale about that. Yeah. Oh man, I was hoping to get to work at the finale again this year. Not gonna happen. Nobody's working at the finale. Nobody's working at the finale this year. Bummer. Um, All right. Well, okay. Let's get let's get on to our segments so that uh, we can wrap this up. Um, Nobody wants to listen to this. Let's wrap it up. (laughs) All right. First segment. Hold up, bro. Hold up. Hold up. All right, this is Hold Up Bro. This is the moment you said, Hold up, bro. I need to rewind my DVR and watch that again. Even if you didn't actually do it. <laughs> exactly. I had a moment that I did rewind, but I said, I ought to see that again. And that was during the Snoopy Doghouse Challenge when Jeremy was coming down. <laughs> he, like, right before he came off, he just vocalized his attempts to stay up and then come down in the funniest way. It was like, Argh. Oh yeah, he was making a lot of great. <laughs> I gotta hear that again. His noises were great. Ben had a really good one when he went off too. It was like a primal scream. Yeah, I had a moment like that when uh, when I guess I mentioned this before, but when Adam was leading leaving after he got voted off, and after he thought that there was you know that the podium had a. Uh, a secret for him as he was leaving. I swear he like, he like reached towards one of the, uh, one of, one of the flames and was like, let me just check that. Okay. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I swear. And like it happened and I was like, did he just do it again? And I rewound it. And I was like, I think he, unless that's some weird ritual that you have to like <laughs> touch the fire on your way out. I swear to God, if you watch that again on his way out, he just goes, any chances in here? Okay. never mind. I'm, I'm going to have to, <laughs> Watch that again. Is there a <laughs> super <laughs> idol in my? In That's, my... I thought he was like, is it possibly here? Okay, yeah. never mind. I'm, you know, maybe there's something here in the fire. All right. I mean, it was. I swear, if you watch that moment again, I, I it did actually stop and rewind it. Did they hide an idol in the crocodile's mouth? I'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> hey, look, he doesn't seem like the brightest bulb in the light store. You know. <laughs> Man, Adam sure got thrown under the bus editorially this season. Sure. Did you just throw up? I just caught the coronavirus. Jesus, Scott. That was horrifying. I was laughing. I know. I apologize to all of our listeners, but not to you two. Okay. Okay. Fair. I was laughing, and it turned into a cough, and then it turned into something else that I cannot (laughs) define. Wow. I don't have a word for it, but it's over. I do know it's over. Well, this is gonna, that's going to be a hold-up bro moment. It sure, it sure is. Oh, everybody's going to want to listen to that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, well mine was um, the fact that there was a reward challenge on the episode at all. I was like, wait, did I imagine that? I need to rewind that. Uh, but we already covered that. Um, let's move on to the next segment. This is Ill Regrets. What's the time? It's time to get ill. What's the time? It's time to get ill. Ill Regrets. All right, Ill Regrets. Who do you think is going to have ill regrets about a choice they made, something they did on this episode, and you cannot choose Adam? Hmm. This is a tough one. Do you have anybody, Ryan? 
Uh, I was going to say basically anyone who's a big threat should probably have ill regrets for voting out Adam because Adam was just like such an obvious vote that keeping him around can do you a lot of can probably keep you in the game a little longer. But, uh, mm. you know, I, I think the other another option is possibly Sarah. You know, we were shown through editing that everyone thinks it was a bad idea. She gave up that reward. So I wonder if that will be back to haunt her. I don't yeah, know. that's what I was going to say, too. Even though I don't I didn't personally feel like it was a bad move, but clearly everyone else did. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I agree with that, but I'll choose somebody else. I'll I'll say that there is a 50 50 chance that Michelle will have ill regrets. For wasting her four fire tokens. Yep. Even though I think at least a I would have done the, the done the same thing. But I, mean, I might that, but you yeah. do it knowing that you might regret it. So there's a lot of talk online of people going like, oh well she can just sit there in, in the woods and practice flipping it because you know ev- most coins ha- like have a way you can flip uh, them to get an advantage. Hmm. But I'm like, yeah, imagine all that work she has to do just to m- get an extra five percent edge when you know, also someone else just has a regular idol that they don't have to do any of that work for. Like, it's just right. so frustrating. Like what, a, what, a, I mean, compared to other advantages, I love it. Uh, I love that it's new. It's interesting. And it doesn't just straight up give you an advantage, but it's also like so offensive compared to a real idol. I read online somebody, you know, people saying like, oh, you know, that's really boring. A, a coin flip at tribal council. I disagree. I think if it's built up properly, oh, they'll build it, and up, we know that she yeah. needs the immunity. It's a very dramatic moment. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. They had on Australian Survivor All Stars. They had an interesting one similar to this, where uh, if you thought you were at risk, you could choose to do a fire challenge, fire making challenge instead, and then the person you made fire against would not go home. Of no, in no matter what, you would only go home if you lost. Otherwise, you would stay in the game. And the rest of the cast had to unanimously unanimously choose your opponent. Oh, so instead of voting, if you thought for sure you were the one going home, you could just say, actually, I think I'm going to go home. I want to make fire instead. And that was blanket. Anybody could do that? or you? Yeah, well, just for, one, just for one, just for one tribal, they said... <laughs> It was like a way to make the person who was definitely going home give them some hope. Oh, basically. so it was this one week, this one exactly. time. This yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like this, only they didn't know they had that a power until they got to tribal, basically. That's interesting. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of interesting. <laughs> I kind uh, of it, just miss when Survivor was more about trying to figure it out. Yeah. strategically and socially than all these, you know. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Parlor like, games that are involved now. I get it. It's like a way to keep people in the game who, so that it's not boring. Oh, they don't just pick them off one by one by one, right? Like that's what, that's why you add these little mechanisms, but like there's just so many of them. It's like even when it was, even when there were sort of boring stretches where you kind of knew who was going to get voted out, the show was still great. The greatest seasons of the show had those. Would it still be great though? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. You might <laughs> yeah, be in the minority be. on that. You might I be have in the minority. Spoken. Well, right. I know that Jeff Probst doesn't agree, and whatever. And you'll shout it from the rooftops, uh, just like the subject of our next segment, 
getting loud. What a Who sag. Got la- <laughs> what a sag. <laughs> Finally. Professionalism. You ruined it. It was going to be perfect. <laughs> you can't call it out. Uh, all right. This is getting loud. All right, who got loud this week? Who stood out in a good way? Wait, well, I don't think we got Frank's. Who's, did we get everybody's? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I had the same one. Oh, yeah. I just did. But I forgot. Yeah, yeah. listen was, up, Scott. You weren't very, it wasn't very interesting. <laughs> okay, who got loud? Yeah. Who uh, really stood I'm gonna out? Go with, for me, I'm going to go with Denise. You know, last episode, there was a lot of talk about, oh, we got to vote out Denise. She's a big player. She made a big move pre-merge. And then she won immunity, right? This week, we get no talk about Denise going. Denise doesn't win immunity. And, like, there's just no talk about voting her out anymore. She All seems right. to be worming her way in, and I'm really I'm impressed. Um, Frank, you not having seen last week, who stood out? Well, really playing the best or stood out in a good way for any reason. To you. Uh, I mean, the show opened with Michelle freaking out at her team that they didn't all vote the, or they didn't all, you know, like sort of support her. So, I mean, for me, I, I immediately was like, well, who's this sassy lassie? You know, so, <laughs> a bumbling, I, uh, fumbling idiot. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. She came out strong. So I'm going with Michelle. Hmm. What do you like think it. about that? Oh, yeah, I mean, good. she was in on the vote this time. That's got to help, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, even yeah, everybody was in on the vote this time. I, they just aren't showing us the votes, so we actually don't know who voted for Nick and whether they split the vote intentionally or not. I'm guessing one of the votes for Nick might have been from Ben, enabling him to honor his promise to never write Adam's oh, name. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't watch the votes. Did They didn't, they didn't show them. Oh, that's it. really annoying. I hate it when With they these do. These Edge of Extinction seasons, they often don't show it. Annoying. Um, I, you know, nobody really jumped out to me this week. I would split the decision between Kim for working her way into the main alliance, for winning that challenge and taking the record for choosing the winning team on the other challenge. But also Jeremy, I think, you know, I don't necessarily yeah. know if he's going to win, although... In Cambodia, I don't think he had a, a much bigger edit. He had a little bit of a bigger edit, though. But I like the way he was in on everything without having to run around. Oh, I'm always impressed by the player who just sits at camp and lets everybody come to them. Yeah. Always. All right. They know they're getting talked about, but they don't care, you know? He doesn't care. He yeah. doesn't care. Good he stuff. Knows. All I right, like Scott. Him. I think... With I think that, we've said it all, but I do all. want to take a moment and ask Frank about this documentary that he's made that's uh, now available on Amazon. And what tell us like for a minute about that, Frank? Sure. Um, well, I uh, it's about this rapper named Hellraiser who is uh, from a group called Sons of Man that were a big kind of underground '90s hip hop group. Mm-hmm. They were a Wu-Tang Clan affiliate. So they were one of the many groups that RZA from Wu-Tang kind of brought under his wing when they first exploded. And my connection to him 
is that in addition to being a big fan, one of my early jobs in show business is I was a publicist and I was the publicist for Sons of Man on their first record. So I knew this guy, Hal Reza, for 20-something years and we remained friends over the years. And uh, I had filmed him at different times. Like when I was at the label, I filmed him for some footage in the studio for their EPK when they were working with Earth, Wind & Fire and the Fugees and stuff. And then when I was over at NBC working for G4 TV, I filmed him for a rap series I was doing there. And then I read that he'd had a brain aneurysm. And I I discovered, as I started to, to connect with him again, that he had lost the whole left side of his body and lost the ability to rap, among other things. But and he lost control over the left side of his body. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, well, I mean, yeah. at first he just at first, I mean, he was doing a wheelchair at first. At first yeah. he didn't have it. He had yeah. to rebuild a lot of that stuff: occupational therapy, physical therapy, uh, the speech therapy. Jeez. And so uh, I just started filming it. And so he, uh, for about five years, every time I could get out to the East Coast, I would film his recovery and recuperation and interviews with different artists and different family members and friends and kind of got his whole life story, but sort of from the point of view of this, like, you know, talented kid that, that had it all, lost it all, and then has been trying to rebuild it over the years. So it's an interesting story because... It's certainly a, a story you haven't heard in, in hip-hop very often, if ever. Uh, but I don't know that you even need to really be a rap fan to kind of get it. Because, you know, if he was a carpenter, it would still be an interesting story. But certainly in rap, where a lot of guys will tell you about, you know, getting shot or being a drug dealer, all the sort of danger stuff about street life, you don't hear about all the, like, more humbling stuff about, like, physical therapy and occupational therapy and having to like get help help with things and having a rapper to lose his you know ability to speak articulately it's a big deal and he he lost brain function or had to rebuild stuff so i was speaking to a lot of doctors and because reza and i had this this relationship you know for a decade or so before all this and then spent a decade together making this movie um you know, he we had a very we had a good comfort zone, so he was very comfortable kind of opening up with me. So and there are some big names uh, who talked to you too, I believe. Yeah, Rizza from Wu Tang and Capadonna from Wu Tang, and we had a lot of big rappers like you know Crooked Eye and you know guys from Onyx and uh, all the guys from Sons of Man and uh, you know Killer Priest and all these guys. And I had a lot of help. You know, we I had a guy. Uh, great editor named Paul Harb was a story consultant along the way and a great uh, director named Joe Lynch was a camera operator along the way and again just kind of helping me with advice along the way and uh, one, my boss at G4 TV, uh, Robert Juster, ended up becoming the executive producer of the film because this thing kind of morphed out of some work I was doing over there. Um, but the kind of, the whole thing just kind of fell in my lap and happened and just because I had a, a, a background in music and production and also I'm a writer and I'd written some books and stuff. It just seemed like such a unique, interesting story. I had never made a – I had directed a lot, but I had done more short form and digital and um, TV commercials and stuff. So I didn't really look to become a feature documentary director. It just came a call-in. Nice. That's- 
This sounds super interesting. Yeah, it's called uh, Risen, the Story of Shron Hellraiser Smith. And uh, you can find it on Amazon Prime. Or if you don't have Prime, you can get it on Amazon as well. And it's a slow rollout. Eventually, it'll be on Vudu and it'll be on Apple and iTunes and all that stuff. They just kind of go platform at a time. It's distributed through a company called Indie Rights. And uh, if, you, if you like music documentaries or you just like kind of heartwarming stories of uh, – of uh, rehabilitation, it's overcoming uh, adversity. Sure, exactly. Returning from the edge of extinction. Thank you, my God, Scott. You understand it barely. It's as it's, if we've known each other our whole lives. <laughs> barely, barely known each other. And Frank, nice. and where can we find you and your music on the internet? Well, well Scott. Um, so I play in a band called the Streetwalking Cheetahs, and I also playing a band called Blind House. So if you go to Instagram, you can look up Streetwalking Cheetahs or Blind House LBC. Uh, I am Frank M. Meyer on Facebook or The Frank Meyer on Instagram. And um, the Cheetahs have a new single out right now called We Are The Ones We've Been Waiting For. And Blind House has a new single out uh, as well called California Sound. So, uh, you know, I'm out there, baby. You can also go to Risen, RisenDocumentary.com or you can find us on Twitter at Risen underscore Doc or you can and go you know to that Instagram. Band, that band that you're in with uh, the Ron Ashton? Uh, J- close. James Williamson James from the Williamson Stooges. From the Stooges. Um, yeah, J- James Sorry. Williamson from Iggy and the Stooges. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and played on Raw Power, one of the greatest records of all time. When uh, After the Stooges broke up after their reunion, they did sort of a reunion run for a few years in the 2000s. Um, he was looking for a new guy to write songs with and a new singer and somehow found his way to me uh, through some mutual friends. And we've made an album together called James Williamson and the Pink Hearts. The album's called Behind the Shade. And I just worked with him on a new record he's doing with this guy, Dennis Tech, from a great Australian group called Radio Birdman. Uh, So, yeah, I continue to collaborate with James and... Uh, I also collaborate with this heavy metal guy, Thor. There's a great documentary that I produced on Netflix called I Am Thor that's sort of um, – he's like a gladiator rock guy, like sort of like <laughs> does this whole like from gladiator like heavy metal. Yeah, from the yeah. 80s, and he starred in a bunch of horror movies, <laughs> and he like bends steel on stage and like blows up hot, rubber hot water bottles. And somehow I teamed up with him along <laughs> the way too and have uh, helped him tell his story. That that uh, reminds me of one of my favorite jokes that involves the the Norse god Thor and a woman with a speech impediment. <laughs> Can we hear this joke? Or? Sure, I'll tell it. <laughs> Thor, you know, he's getting bored up in the heavens, so he comes down to Earth and he's like, I'm just going to blow someone's mind. And he finds a woman and she happens to have a speech impediment. He doesn't care. Takes her home. They have sex just a million different ways, right? Uh, afterwards, she's in the bathroom and he's laying in bed and he just thinks to himself, you know what? She's not, you know, this is, I feel bad taking advantage of her like this. She doesn't know who I am. So he bursts into the bathroom and yells, I am mighty Thor. And she goes, you think you're Thor. I can hardly pith. <laughs> Scott didn't laugh. So Scott, no, la- no laughter from Scott. <laughs> no, never. Scott, you know, the thing is, Scott's not a fan. Scott's not a fan of comedy. I don't really get a lot of jokes <laughs> yeah. or comedy. And he doesn't like he doesn't loosen up like emotionally enough to be able to laugh or chuckle. That kind of goes against his whole thing. <laughs> Let's not forget I'm also a sequestered at home with my family and as you were telling that joke I heard my 
two very young children stampeding back and forth. Uh, you have headphones on, right? The door. I have the headphones on. <laughs> yeah, he's, yes. got you, he's got you on speakerphone. They're like, they, what? They didn't, they didn't hear it, but I don't know what the heck is going on out there. I think, I think they're right. ready well, for we, dad to come out. Yep, that makes sense. And entertain well, them again. Now we truly have said everything. We've said and it all. Frank, thank you for joining us. It yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for and, having me. And Ryan, where can we still find you? Um, at Ryan Elder Music. Tweet at me. And uh, you can get at Scott at Ryan Elder Music Ryan as well. Music. I'll forward along thank to you. at Scott Chernoff. Chernoff. God, why do I always do that? I'm always going to pronounce your last name. you hate me. You're saying that Scott's website is just an adjunct of your website? <laughs> well, yeah, his ch- I always Jesus. forward any tweets that it's our listeners have for Scott. Every week he tweet at me. Uh, he's Scott. he's taken it and filled it for me, but I usually he'll give his Twitter and I'll say uh, that that that's where you can find me. Please don't. Uh-huh. And you're not, and Scott, you're not on Instagram. So we right? I'm not on Instagram. No. Yeah, Scott, we need to talk. <laughs> you need to you need to beef up your you social media presence. I'm on Twitter. Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. At Scott Chernoff. I'm very active on Twitter. That's great. You and the president. I'll check yeah, He and I we see eye to eye on a lot of things. And one of them is Twitter and the other is all of this nightmare will be over by Easter, which is this Sunday. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, Great. I'm, I'm having what a do we party. say about Easter? He is risen. Thank right. you. There you go. Oh, oh, nice. Bam. Wow. Done. That was incredible. Guys, right. it was totally worth the 90 minutes just for that trial. <laughs> okay. All right. We well, set it off. Talk to you guys later. All right. See you guys. Bye. Thank Bye. you. The tribe has spoken. Now I'm going to put out your little lamp with my lamp stopper.